First of all, a good Kodesh to everybody. Okay, so I'm very excited. We're doing the topic of Nesiv Ahavas Hashem, which of course is uh, very um, appropriate for the Kodesh of Elul, Anil Dodi Vidodi Li, a month of expression of love that Jewish people have for Hashem. So here we go. So as I told you guys before, every Nesiv in the Sivas Olam of the Maral begins with a Pasuk from Mishlei, and the reason for that is that Mishlei provides us with a mushal, with a, with a, with a way to grasp uh, a very fine, nuanced concept, um, and that's what the, these Nisivus Olam, these really fine, windy pathways that are hard to really grasp. It takes uh, the morale to help us understand these concepts. What does it mean exactly to love Hashem? Love Hashem. What does it mean love at all? What does it mean to love Hashem? How can one love Hashem? Uh, all these questions are very tricky. And, and in all of them, of course, on some level, we have some sort of a gut feeling like, well, yeah, I think I heard something from some rabbi at some point, loving Hashem, you just think about loving your parent, maybe, and that's how you love Hashem. No, but, uh, but if we really want to be able to grasp the idea and, and, uh, and understand it and connect to it, then we're going to have to spend a number of sessions together to understand it. So here we go. Pasuk and Mishle says, Bechol ace ohev hareya, at all times, you should love your fellow. Ve'ach letzara yivaleid, and a brother for uh, times of uh, for for a time of um, difficulty uh, is born. So there seems to be a distinction being drawn between love towards a friend and uh, brotherhood. Um, so brother, a, a brother, if you, if you so the, the love that a person has for his fellow, for his reya, is actually very appropriate. Maybe we'll get to talk about with Rosh Hashanah, uh, as, as we get closer to Rosh Hashanah, maybe we'll tie it into the concept of a trua, what a reya has to do with a trua. Uh, a, a shofar note, but um, anyway, so the, there's a love happening there, and that's always. Whereas a brother is for a, a time of difficulty, he's born. So, um, this distinction is to help us to help us get a grasp of what love is. So, love is always as opposed to, um, you know, brotherhood, you know, or, or blood uh, connection is for times of difficulty. Uh, so, in other words, love is what we would call dveikus. Dveikus, I've heard that term before. Dveikus means clinging or being glued to something, being attached to something. And we can understand that, um, you know, obviously, Things can be close to, to entities can be close in a 
uh, geographical way. You take a piece of wood, another piece of wood, you glue them together, whatever it is, right? And now, wherever the one goes, the other one goes, they're always attached together. So that would be called dveikus. That would be called closeness. Uh, in the geographical way, because they're literally uh, occupying uh, uh, the same area in the three-dimensional space. Um, alternatively, two people, for example, could be very, very close, even though they're hundreds of miles apart. They could still be very, very close. What, what is it that would make them close? How can two people be closer? If they're geographically far apart, their relationship, their families. So close would be that, that, that there is uh, we're close as far as how we think about things. We're close about as far as how we feel about things. We feel about things the same way. We think about things the same way. We, we you know, we we we, uh, we resonate with one another, right? A, a friendship, a ray of friendship, is something that can be experienced, that can be, the, the love can be there uh, even across, you know, halfway across the world, right? So that, therefore, is b'chol ace. At all time, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, that love can be there. Whereas, uh, a, what's, the, what's the concept of a brother? So a brother is your, fl- your flesh and your blood. Right? So now, what does it mean? A brother is born for, for, dif- for times of difficulty. A brother is born to be alive. But it means that, why is it that all of a sudden a brother comes to the rescue when, when there's difficult times? Because difficulty uh, is a person's having pain, a person's having some sort of suffering. A brother is like an extension of your flesh. So if you're in pain, if you're in trouble, he, he, he feels that, and you know, just like if his own flesh were being afflicted, and, and so he uh, would come to the rescue. But otherwise, as long as there's nothing negative happening, then there's not necessarily a connection happening between brothers. You have brothers that are perfectly normal terms, but they don't talk for six months. That's, whereas friends, people that, that love one another, uh, now you could theoretically also have brothers that love one another. That, that's, that would be a... a Another thing, but, uh, but brothers could be there for one another if need be, even if they don't love one another in the, in, the, in the concept of where they think the same way and they feel the same way and they're, and, uh, you know, they, they, they're resonating and they're in a state of, of, uh, of constant connection, even, even without that, but he's still a brother, still your brother. That, that's the distinction that's being made over here seemingly in Michelin. So again, so what we're learning here is that love is something that's happening at all times because it's something that is inseparable. It's a dveikus. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's like being glued one to the other, uh, being connected, a connection as always. Um, whereas with a brother, it's, it's, a, it's on a physical way where if you're in pain, okay, so then he is, he's also in pain for you. But... Uh, not otherwise necessarily. And obviously, Shalom Aleich is coming to say over here that the love for a friend is greater than the connection between brothers. And the simple understanding is that uh, what happens? Um, so brothers is a biological thing. The thing that ties the two of them together is, is their flesh and blood, right? 
Now, amongst animals, that's all there is. You know, there's just closeness of kin. That's it. Um, where, whereas love is a human thing already. That's already something greater. Uh, obviously, the epitome, the pinnacle of love uh, that we know is what? Mishnah Perkyavos. Who knows the Mishnah Perkyavos? What's the epitome of love? That's right. right? So the, the, the friendship of, of uh, absolute dedication to one another. And they, were, they weren't brothers. But they shared so much in common that it was, it was a greater bond than the, than the bond of flesh and blood. The, uh, a bond of idealism, of, of, uh, of shared beliefs, of shared uh, thought processes, etc. So there is a connection. People do have a connection. Brothers do have a connection on a physical level. That is a connection. But uh, lovers, and I mean that uh, in, you know, in uh, as well, you know, the romantic sense, but also the the, the uh, platonic sense, uh, that uh, that is that is something that is uh, loftier. It's more human. Uh, just to give you an idea, once um, I believe the altar of Slobodka was asked. One of the great Bali Musa, I think it was the altar of Slobodka, was asked if he if he loves his son who was in yeshiva. Um, you know more than than some of his other closest Talmudim, and he said that uh, you know with the Baruch Hashem he's been able to transcend that that he's not that he's not uh, locked into that. Yeah. Uh, so, love still is a little bit more uh, ethereal, mercurial. Like you can have love and then it can go away, but usually like with a brother, like. Yeah, you might like each other, you might not, but regardless, it's like uh, he will whether you like it or not, it's flesh and blood, right? He, he will come so, and help you. So, 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 so it feels like that connection mm -hmm. is stronger. It's very while, strong. So, you love, say, while it's there, love is great, but mm -hmm. it feels more fragile. Right. So I hear, so can I hear you that. Call it greater than. I, uh, so, so, so you're making a good point. Um, I think you're right that there, that uh, you know, the love between brothers is kind of a. More visceral, right? Like it's uh, so it doesn't uh, the connection between I should say between brothers more visceral. Um, however, when we talk about love, of course, we're, we you know, we want to uh, again back to that mission in Perkiavos that we just mentioned. Uh, there, there's two types of love. There's ahava hataluya budaver, the ahava shenataluya budaver, a love which is dependent on something. In other words, something that you're getting from that relationship. And Ava, this ain't a Lubadavar, something, uh, love where you're not getting anything from that relationship. And what the Mishnah says is that Ava Taluya Budavar, the one where you're deriving positive benefits from that relationship, so that once that thing is gone, so then the love itself is gone as well. Whereas Ava She'enet Taluya Budavar, being that there's nothing else that is dependent on, so it's not going anywhere. And the examples there are given. The Ava Taluya Budavar is Amnon and Tamar, where it was a lustful type of a love. Uh, he lusted after her, and once that lust was filled, then the love disappeared. Uh, whereas David Yehonason was a love She'ena Taluya Budavar, and that lasted forever. The two of them made an made a oath of, of everlasting allegiance to one another, and they never betrayed one another. So 
uh, that is, uh, it, you know, does speak to, there's different, and obviously there's gradations in the middle, right? Um, so I, uh, I accept your point that, there, that love can be more fragile if it's not true dveikus, if it's not true attachment, if it's, more, if it's more dependent on me gaining something from it, and it will, we are going to come back to this, discuss it when we define love, okay? But uh, let's, for now, talking about avas reya, the love of a fellow, of a friend, friendship, so that is uh, uh, where, where you're not getting something from it, you love them because, because the two of you have this deep, deep bond, and that's the whole ace that's always happening as opposed to just in a time of difficulty. Okay? Certainly it happens in a time of difficulty as well. Okay. Um, now, says the Gemara. So maybe before we introduce the Gemara, I'll, uh, yeah, the, the big question that the Meforshim have dealt with back and forth. Uh, we, what is love? Is love, I mean, we said that it's dveikus, uh, we said it's a closeness, it's an attachment that two people have, right? The question is, two people, or you know, ultimately we're going to talk about, obviously, the love between us and Hashem, but uh, for now we just want to talk about love in general. Um, the, is it a love between two similar people, similarities that uh, helps them to love one another? Some of the things we mentioned earlier, common beliefs, common ideals, uh, shared feelings and experiences, or is it uh, a love between opposites, right? So in common parlance, is it birds of a feather flock together, or is it opposites attract? Okay, now the truth is that birds of a feather flock together is a gemora. The gemora Bavakama says, Lo lechinam halach ha zerzir, this, I think this is maybe the sparrow or something, a uh, bird, zerzir. It's not that for naught that he went, Eitzel HaOrev, to the raven. Because Rather, it's because the two of them are of a similar species. Parsha explained they're both uh, non-kosher birds. So kind of birds of a feather flock together. This one goes to that one because they, they have that similarity. Okay? So... Um, so that there, there are this is a very confusing point in in love. Which one is it? It seems to be literally diametrically opposed. Either similar, whether it be two, you know, let's say you're talking about looking for a, for for a friend, right? Or what kind of a friend are you looking for? You're looking for somebody opposite of you who will complement you, or you're looking for someone similar to you. Right, that you'll be able to get one another. You have the answer already? Well, I think it depends if it's a romantic thing or a friend just as a friend. No, that's fair. Right. No, I would say it could be both because we are multidimensional. <laughs> so, uh, but what is love? We're talking about love. 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 What is it that makes love more? If you say it's this and that, then, then it's neither. Well, like, 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 you have similar experiences, similar likes, but opposite personalities. 
Okay, I get it. So, so, that, so in like other you're, words, you're, so you're, in other words, neither this or that contributes. So it must be something else entirely that's causing love. Mm. I mean, both those expressions are saying this is a cause for love. What is it? That, what is the impetus for love? Why is it that you love this person but you don't love that person? So you can't say, well, I love this person because he's similar to me. And I don't love that person because he's similar to me. That that can't be right. So then you'd have to come up with some other uh, equation entirely. But these equations are birds of feathers stick together. You love somebody because they are similar to you. The other one is you love somebody because they are dissimilar to you. Okay? So that it so seems to be... From Roshko's example of the definition of the Vegas, isn't the, the idea that we try to make ourselves dovish to Akash Baruch by, by becoming more similar to the way that he operates? So wouldn't it be that assimilarity is what ultimately... When we make it our own, that becomes our Vegas, or what would be the similar aspect versus something that's opposite? Sure. That, that is a strong argument in that direction. Who says that because uh, you're attracted to somebody, that's love? You're attracted to the person. It doesn't mean you love the person. You're attracted to maybe some skill or something about them that you don't possess. So you appreciate that in them. So you're attracted to that. But that doesn't mean that you love the person necessarily. Okay. You could, you could mm-hmm. say, you, you mean we could, we could make that argument. Uh, I mean, it is interesting that you know, that I mean, certainly uh, love between man and woman is, uh, is definitely a archetype of love. I mean, not to say that all relationships between, between man and woman are love. It could be lust, could be all sorts of things, right? But there certainly is an archetype of love, right? And, you know, one of the big things about that is that men and women are different. Yeah, that's a, so so that, that does seem to push us in the direction of opposites attract. Sure, but that doesn't necessarily mean that because you're attracted to the person, you love the person, we haven't really defined what love is. Yeah. We, we try to define love. We literally right now, I mean, it's not that the love is something else, and we're just saying now, does this positively or negatively contribute to that? Love is a closeness between two entities. Now that closeness, is it accomplished in a key and lock type of a fashion? Because one is a key and the other one is a lock, the two of them interlock and that's the closeness. Key and a lock are seemingly very different. One is is long with spikes on it and the other one is an opening with little pins in it, right? So that would seem to be different. On the other hand, we seem to, you know, uh, uh, similar things uh, attach, right? Similar, you know, I don't know, uh, whatever it is, uh, gold, you know, would go attach with gold better than gold attaches with silver or something like this, right? So they're, they're similar. So what, what is it? Is it that, that two opposite things fuse and grab onto each other better? Or is it two of the same things? Attach and share commonality and are in that similarity. That's what we're trying to define love. We're not love. What's love? I don't know. It's when I feel the butterflies in my stomach. With no, right? Love is a closeness that one has with some with another. 
And that's the question that, that the morale is asking right now, that the Mepharshim are asking. So the morale explains like this, that, um, that uh, so let's, let's bring up a few more arguments that actually it's the dissimilar ones that, that are attracted. So, and that on the contrary, similarity, maybe even one would argue, causes a repulsion, right? For example, the, the Gemara, the, the, the Midrash says, Kol uman sonez bnei A craftsman uh, hates his fellow guildsmen, right? People that do the similar craft as him, he's, there's a certain competition, there's a certain, uh, um, he, he criticizes their work and uh, all that type of stuff, right? Well, you think that these people are very similar to him, right? In fact, the Gemara, the Gemara Pesachim says that Talmudic Hakamim Shebu Bavel, Sonim Zedzeh, even Talmudic Hakamim in Chutzlarts. I don't know if this is the time for us to get into why why Israel is different, but in Chutzlarts, Talmudic Hakamim are at, at odds or in conflict with one another. So they would say uh, seemingly similars are not do not attract, and and uh, opposites attract, but ultimately. The morale does explain it, like Raboruch said, that it is similar. Similar things are what are attached. Similarity is closeness. Because if you think about abstractly, right? If we go abstract, we th- when we say close, you're close with someone. So close, like we mentioned earlier, could be close geographically, in the same spot always, because the two of you are attached at the hip, that's one way of being close. You could be close emotionally, you could be close mentally, you could be close spiritually, right? but closeness means you're in the same spot, you're in the same location, you, you're, you're similar in that regard. That's what closeness means. So it certainly means love means closeness. Closeness means similarity. That's what dveikus is. I, what about all the kashas that we asked? Husband and wife, lock and key, um, person who's really hot wants a cold drink, a person who's really cold wants a nice hot cocoa, right? The answer there, says the morale, is that you, ha- you share a similarity in the final result. It means man and woman, together, there is a, there's a person, there's a... There's a, although the greater Adam, husband and wife, the family union, the, uh, unit or whatever it is, that really that's a part of your self-identity. That's a part of really who you are. You are really a single guy, but you're a family man, really. Rather what? You're missing a piece of you. So when she comes in, she helps to uh, fill that out. So the two of you have a similarity, tremendous similarity in that end vision, that end result that the two of you are both striving for. So a lock and a key are extraordinarily similar. They are, they are zek and eget zek. They are, to a certain extent, like a mirror image of one another. I mean, whatever the one has, the other one doesn't have in a way where the two of them click together to make one whole. But when I see a key, I right away understand this key doesn't exist by itself. Right? And there's no, no, nobody ever made a key without a lock. And nobody ever made a lock without a key. A key, the whole point of the key 
is there is one half of a lock and key combination. So that is a similarity that both the lock and the key have together. So it's still, in other words, we're still coming back to even when we say opposites attract, it's only opposites that are two halves of one thing. Then they attract because, the, because of the similarity that they have of that end thing that they're both looking to become. Whereas some of the examples that we brought up of uh, similar, whether it be similar as, you know, being in conflict, whether it be a, a craftsman hating his guildsman, that's because of the fact that he takes away from him his business. Because he, he, you know, he, he's there in competition. That's a different point. Yeah? Um, or, or you know, even tell me the common bubble. A Tamil Chacham, the Gemorian Gitten, uh, says Tamil Chacham has a certain bechin of a melech, of, of a king. Uh, why? Simply understood because well, he rules something. Right? Tamil Chacham issues a ruling. Right? So you, you come to him, you say, you're allowed to do this. He says, you're allowed to do this. He makes a ruling. But meantime, in the other part of the city, some other Tamil Chacham might be making a ruling that you're not allowed to do this. So now, we, you know, two kings don't, uh, don't, uh, don't get along, right? Because you can only have one king. So there is a, there is a fundamental uh, uh, conflict happening over there. That's a, that's a separate point. But otherwise, otherwise, the similarities would uh, uh, do draw uh, together. So that <clears throat> is, the, is the answer to this, uh, to this uh, conflict, as the moral explains it. Any questions on that? The similarities, they, they can just like bundle together, but it just becomes more of a thing, whereas uh, two complete opposite things can create something entirely new, like just looking at it from like a chemical point of view, like if you have oxygen and hydrogen, they're two separate things, and when they come together, they, they make a whole new thing, just like a lock and key. They don't, really, they don't even matter so much. It's the whole point is they open the door. As long as the two of them combine to make something. Right. Just but like, if they're not combining to make something new. Right. Just then, like a, a sperm and egg. You could have millions of sperms competing. They're all, you know, okay. you have, but you have the egg. They're completely two opposites. Their whole point is. Right. But, but they're not opposite, really, because the two, they, they, both of them share in the end destination right, of a fetus. Right. So that's the connection. It's, it's, so it's really just about creating that. It's about these two things that can come together to create this new thing. So, that again, so not necessarily that you're lacking. So again, Alex, so we're trying to define love. Saying love is a similarity. It's just that sometimes that similarity is a similarity in what it is that we're both going for. Right? You and Bez Hashem soon, your kala, right? Both will be going for the same thing, Maybe coming at it from two different angles, right? You coming at it from the male angle, she's coming at it from the female angle, but if both of you want that same thing, that's the, that's the connection, that's the point of love, okay? All right, now, an interesting point, uh, an interesting point is the morale uh, uh, points out for us. Let's take a look at uh, a distinction so some people want to say that love is simple. Love is 
because somebody does something nice for you. That's, that's, uh, that is love. They do, they do good things for you, you love them. Somebody does good things, you love them. Or maybe, or maybe the other way around, you, you do things for them you, and you love them. There's such a thing. And to a certain, it's not to say that that doesn't help to contribute, to, to establish whatever it is called. However, take a look. We have a mitzvah of, everyone knows about the mitzvah of kibud av'eim, but there's the other mitzvah the, of moras av'eim, eim v'av, right? Or, 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 uh, no, that's kibud av'eim, this is or, mora, mora, right, from a language of yira. Now over there, Notice, notice, we have, so we have a mitzvah of yira, of awe and fear to a certain extent, towards your parents and towards your rebbe. But there's no mitzvah of love towards your parents and towards your rebbe. Now, why is that? Especially if you understand that you love someone that does good things for you. There's nobody in the entire world that does as much good for somebody as who? Let's talk about people. Person. What? Parents. Somebody's parents, right? They, they brought you into this world and they'll take you out of it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But you know, they, 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 they did so many things for you after they brought you into this world, right? Uh, all the nice things, right? So, so why don't you, Aramanash, why don't you have a mitzvah to love your father? Only a mitzvah to, to have awe from him, to have more of. Says the morale, this is a clear proof. And to your Rebbe, the same thing. Who does more for a person than his Rebbe? He brings you into, into Olam Abba. Not just into Olam Azan, into Olam Abba. Right? So the answer is, because love, again, is from a closeness. Now, closeness is for, for, for peers or people that share something. Right? That, but when there's a massive divide between the two of you, when, you know, the parent is, to a certain extent, Ahava and Yira are a dichotomy. If you have Yira of someone, it means you recognize that they're so much greater than you. They're so much loftier than you. They, he gave, you know, of your parents, the, the, the mora, the awe that someone has towards their parents is that the parent gave me life. I'm nothing with, you know, without them. I wouldn't exist without them. So that creates a, a, a gap, a divide. And that's the fundamental, basic way to look at the relationship of, of parent to child or, or a Rebbe to a, to a Talmud. Oh, what a good question. Oh, did you did you, no. did you peek ahead at a question ten? Uh, honestly, okay, very good. Oh, don't swear, don't swear. Okay, very good. Okay, okay, we'll take your word for it, even without a Yira, oath. I understand. Yira, you can have fear of Hashem mm-hmm. for sure. That's right. Great question. You're asking a great question. We're gonna talk about it. Okay, very good. So hold on. So just the point being that a vertical relationship like this, right, speaks to awe to Yira. Not to Ahava. Ahava 
is a horizontal relationship of peers, right? The, you know, the, 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 you know, don't tell us to the Asia Torah guys at the, at the coastal standing there mumbling to, to oh, I love you, and you're kissing and hugging the coastal, and you know, all, that, all that type of, you know, like that's, uh, there's a certain uh, uh, bit, perhaps too much of a, of a closeness in the, over there, right? You have to be, uh, you have to know who you're in front of, right? You're talking to Hashem. It's, it's there's a year, etc. Okay, but we're going to talk about Ava, of course. And this is Nesiv Avas Hashem. We're going to talk about it. And then, so if you're saying they're equal, how can a parent love a child? Then? A child's not on the same level as a parent. In the other direction. How can you do that? Oh. How does that work? Wow, you're you're hitting all the all the good questions. Let me see. Uh, where is that question? That's question seventeen. Okay, so you hold, hold off, hold off. Okay, one second. So I'm glad you had it on this piece of paper. We're trying. Okay, so the point is, so the point that the moral is making is that. So that uh, the child's obligation, now not to say a child doesn't love his parents, not to say a child doesn't love his parents, but the fundamental definition of the relationship, child to parents, and Talmud to Rebbe, is one of all. To recognize, that's you're obligated to recognize the divide. Can you say the, the father, yeah. they're absolutely, you know, I'm saying you don't need a command to, Sure, but, but, but again, if we're saying that love stems from what somebody did for you, then, then, the, then there should certainly be an extra mitzvah of loving your parents or loving your Rebbe who have done so much for you. But if you understand that love comes from a, from a similarity, so then, being that they're actually dissimilar from you, you recognize the dissimilarity, so that's why there's no mitzvah of Ahab. So there, there is a difference between your relationship between you and your parents when you are five years old and when you're 25 years old. So, like, the... A little bit. I mean, yeah, they still... Uh, Asa was still serving his father food when... When he was um, 63 years old, that's when he went hunting for food for his father. Still, uh, you always owe your life to them. Even when you're much older, you still owe your life to them. Yes, but like when you are a child and you are in awe of them because they're like, they're they're at the top of the hill. When you're 25, uh, you are a bit more similar, closer, and uh, right. So like uh, then you have to use your then you have to use your head a little bit. Then you have to so use your head a little bit to to you might you might have to work on it. But you still have a mitzvah to have all of them. It might it might just take a little bit more when you're a kid. You have all of your father because wow, he's so tall. Like yeah, he's really really tall. He's you know. Five feet six inches tall. That's massive, right? Like that's so it's easier to have all, right? But when you yourself get taller, so then you have to start using your head a little bit more to understand why you have all of your of your of your father, right? Uh, even though he may be even taller, maybe you're taller than your father, you still have to have all of him, okay? And you still have it whether they're alive or not as well. Sure. Okay. Um, 
So now here comes the big question, question number 10. The Pasuk commands us, Ve'ahavta es Hashem alukecha. Like as b'chol drachav ule dabka bo. Okay, so that's, of course, first of all, first and foremost, like Rebora pointed out, we see clear as day over here that the mitzvah of loving Hashem is what? Is to be similar to Him, to go in His ways. To go in His ways, that means to be similar to Him. To cling to Him. Clinging is because you are similar to Him. Similarity means clean, means you're in the same spot. Right? Hashem would, in this case, act with mercy towards this person, and you act with mercy towards this person. Hashem would be kind in the situation, so you're kind in the situation. Uh, Hashem is truthful, you're truthful. So that is a, a closeness that the person exists, you live. Someone says, what would you do in this situation? And when you answer, people know that's what Hashem would do also. That means you're clinging to Hashem. That means you're, you're doing... All the time, whatever it is that Hashem would be doing. That, not because you're just doing it as a robot. Oh, I know that, that it should say to do this, right? But you do it because it's who you are. You're a person that lives with this. You, you are someone who goes in, his, in Hashem's ways. So that's a dveikus to Hashem. That's called a hasaga. It's called a, that's where you're there. You're holding in that place where Hashem is. The, thing that, the way that Hashem thinks about this, is the, exactly the way that you relate to it. Okay, but the question is, if we're going to define closeness, we're going to define love as a closeness, so how can we define, uh, how can there be such a mitzvah of loving Hashem? Hashem is infinite. Hashem is perfect beyond anything we could ever imagine. And we are certainly finite and, and are certainly uh, imperfect. No matter how great we become, we, it's, uh, finite compared to infinite is, is infinitely different. So where, is, uh, wh- where, can we, where can that love exist? So, so, we said before that the, the love that, uh, let's say, a, a husband can have to, with his wife, even though they're very dissimilar, the, the, he doesn't even understand her most of the time, right? Jack? <laughs> and yet, and yet, and yet, and yet there's a love. Why? Because... The, you share this this uh, thing that's beyond yourself, this unity, this thing, right? So too, with Hashem, the difference is that with Hashem, the oneness that we share is actually Hashem himself. And you can say that for me, my own perfection, my own... It's, it's like, we, you know, if, if, if I can... The, my true perfection is when I melt into Hashem. That's, that's where I reach my perfection. Right? So just on a miniature level, we reach, Josh reaches his perfection, his unity and his oneness with his wife and others also with their children. That's the family unit, an extension of me, etc. Right? That's myself, my wife, my children. 
That's my greater me. The greatest me that I can have, and therefore I can be connected to that. The greatest, I'm certainly connected to, to myself. And the greatest self, the greatest me, is as I am a part of, of Hashem, of, the, of, the, of my Creator. Okay? I mean, when I return, I come back to the source where I come from, right? We're all created by Hashem. Uh, the, 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 maybe I'll take a quick tangent over here. The, um, there are three, the three regalim, the three festivals that every Jewish man is obligated to go up to the base Hamikdash, to the temple, to celebrate with Hashem. What are the three festivals? Now we are the Chagim. What are the three Chagim? It's very good. So if you look in the in the Maral Sefer, Gvurus Hashem, beautiful uh, parak, he describes over there, we're not going to have time to go through the whole thing, but of course, but Al Regal Achas, pun intended, the three regalim are, correspond to the Jewish people's birth, that's Pesach, of course, the Jewish people's maturity and becoming becoming something of themselves, the bar mitzvah or, or whatever you want to call it, that would be at Shavuos, that's bar mitzvah, we got the mitzvahs, we became bar mitzvah, became commanded in the mitzvahs, that's at Shavuos. And then Sukkot is the Chaga Asif, the old age, it's where we come back to Hashem, we come back to our source. Like, Hashem throws a boomerang, He sends us out for Himself, we find maturity and self-fulfillment, and then we come back. That's the cycle of life, youth, maturity, and uh, coming to coming of age, and old age, coming back. And that's Aviv, the Chaga Aviv, the, the Kodesh Aviv, the, the month of Springtime of uh, that's that's Pesach, Chaga Kotzir, when the grain is fully grown and is ready to be harvested, and the Chaga Asif, the holiday of the ingathering. So, which one is the one that most closely corresponds to love? The one that talks about Hashem encircling us with clouds of glory, which is which circus, which is out of love. So that is Sukkot. So the, the coming back to Hashem, reconnecting, realizing I'm not an independent existence. I don't exist by myself. Pesach is gratitude. Grateful to Hashem, He created. Shavuos is Responsibility, understanding, okay, now I'm a big boy, I need to start uh, living up to my responsibilities, doing mitzvahs, learning Torah. Sukkot is recognizing I'm nothing without Hashem. I, I need His rain, I need Him to send the bracha, coming back, back, bring everything back to the Otsar, to the Balabais, etc. So that is, and, and that's the how, that's the, that's the uh, how the Simcha. 
That's the, that's the holiday of joy. Right? There's, there's the uh, tremendous closeness that we have. That's the holiday that we drew the Simcha's base Ashweva, that we drew all the Nevua for the whole year, etc. So that is, that's the, uh, that's the Ahava, is the coming back, reconnecting back to our original source. And with that, we can understand the Gemara and Brachas. Famous Gemara and Brachas. When Rabbi Akiva, Samach Aleph, when Rabbi Akiva was taking, being taken out by the Romans, the evil uh, empire, the evil regime, uh, to be executed, to be tortured to death. So it was a time for Krishna, and as they were tearing apart Rabbi Akiva's flesh with iron combs, he was saying the Shema. As Talmudim said to him, Rabbi, to such an extent, so he said to them, Kol Yamai, what do you mean? All the days of my life, Haisi mitztair al haposuk ze. I I was I was always thinking about this one posuk. I was always concerned for the fulfillment of this one all the days of my life. There's a lot of mitzvahs in the Torah. The one that Rabbi Kiva always kept his eye on was the mitzvah of loving Hashem vehavtas Hashem alakecha b'chol nafshecha. Even and that means even if they take your even if they take your nefesh, and now that I'm gonna now that I'm in the situation, you think I'm gonna I'm gonna pass up on this opportunity? I've been waiting for this my entire life. And as he was saying, the word echad Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem echad, he passed away. He passed from this world. Now, what's the obvious question? What has he been waiting for his entire life to fulfill what? Love of Hashem. Love is not. And he passes away while saying which word? Echad. What's the obvious difficulty? He didn't get to it. Didn't get to? Right. Well, man, this is such a tragedy. He was looking forward to loving Hashem. Right, and he passed away like a few words before that. Eight words early, eight words too early, he passed away. It's not Shaykh. Oh, you want to count? Okay, See, leave it for the accountant, right? That's I don't know. I'm going to challenge you on that one, okay? We have my accountants call up your account. It could be those don't get counted in. You have to check um, the new um, regulations they recently passed in the Inflation Reduction Act. I think there's a clause for that one because it's whispered. It's not really said. Yeah, you're going to say it. I challenge you. Anyway, uh, be that as it may, no. So what's going on, right? What is what is passing away with the word Echad have to do with anything? It wasn't, it wasn't, his, it wasn't his choice. Uh, I understand, but if he just happened to pass away at like a random time, so 
the Gemara is like, and literally, boom, it happened as he was saying it. That's when his soul left. It sounds like that that was like the ultimate uh, what? Uh, fulfillment of loving Hashem. So, so, uh, so, hey, so the Maral understands that yes, it was. How so? In, in, in what way? So that's exactly what we're saying. What does it mean, the love of Hashem? How do you love Hashem? You love Hashem by recognizing that Hashem is one. One means that there's nothing else. Enod Milvado. Including Ich, including ourselves. Also not, right? So it means there's nothing but Hashem. So, and that is the key to love of Hashem. That's how can you love, in what way are you similar to Hashem? You know in what way are you similar to Hashem? You're similar to Hashem in the fact that your existence is, is a part of His existence. That's, that's the way that you, that, that you love Hashem. The, the, the love that Rabbi Akiva had for Hashem is Bechol Nafshecha. We'll discuss what does it mean, Bechol Levavacha, Bechol Nafshecha, Bechol Nodecha. But on a very basic level, it means the recognition that I don't have an independent existence. And therefore, I am in, just like the most similar thing to me is, is my own existence. So if my existence is a part of Hashem's existence, then that's the thing I love the most in anything. Now, why would Rabbi Akiva be... Loving, that was the mitzvah that he was worried for his entire life. That's his entire existence, every day of his life. That was the mitzvah he was focused on. I mean, okay, listen, we all need to be prepared in case. I mean, it hasn't happened for for a little while, but there were periods of times when the Jewish people had to be prepared to make a choice. Right? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Give up your life, or are you gonna, you know, kiss the cross? Are you gonna, you know, uh, go and bow down to an idol? That's, uh, you know, that's uh, was not something that people could just put out of their mind. It was something a person had to think to himself: Am I prepared to do that? Good. So Kiva, but that the way he says it, all his days, he this is what he was focused on. This is what he was waiting to. That doesn't sound like just. Wanting to make sure to not fail a test. Sounds like this is the purpose, really, of his of his existence, of his life. Why? So, another Gemara, go over there in Brachas, says that even though a person has said the Shema in the basic Nessus, which we will be doing in about seven minutes, or Moshe's going to get me again. No, we're going to take as we have to say to Brachas before Kriya Shema, it's going to be at least ten minutes. Okay, so um, we're going to be saying Shema. So either person said Shema in the Beis Knesses, but you go home and you still have to do what? Kriya Shema Alamita. You, say, you still say Shema on your bed. And says the Gemara, listen to the language of the Gemara. Ve'im Tamil Chacham hu, ain't tzarech. But if he's a Tamil Chacham, then he doesn't need to say Kriya Shema again. Mikol Mokom, nonetheless... He does need to say at least one. He does need to say one pasuk. 
derachmi, which is an appeal for mercy, which is ki beyadacha afkid ruhi, that I'm Hashem, I'm depositing my spirit into your hand. I'm please, you know, give it back to me tomorrow morning. I'm I'm turning over my spirit to you now for the night. And obviously, when you make a deposit, hopefully, you know, next morning you'll be able to say, Modani, right? I'm grateful to you that you gave me my, my nefesh back, my, my ruach back. Okay? Now, let, think to yourself. So again, it says, if you already, you know, you already said, Kriyash Mayim in basic message. You go home, say Kriyash Mayim again. Unless you're Talmud Chacham, in which case you don't need to, but Talmud Chacham should say the Pasuk of Kibiat Ruchi. That's the moral. The implication is that a person who is not a Talmud Chacham and therefore he will be saying the Shema at home, on his bed, does not need to say Ki Biyad Chav Ki Ruchi. You only need to say, Hashem, I'm depositing my spirit with you for the night if you're a Talmud Chacham and therefore you're not going to be saying the Shema. If you're not a Talmud Chacham and you are going to be saying the Shema, which, separate question, why is there a distinction? But let's put that to the side for now. But the point is, if you are a Talmud Chacham and you're not saying the Shema, then you, do not, then you do not need to say, I'm depositing my spirit with you, Hashem. What equivalency is there? What is there about saying, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, to... Hashem, I'm depositing my spirit with you. What we just said a minute ago. He said, declaration of Hashem as being one is the recognition. My soul, my, my, my life is not my own, not an independent existence. It's in Hashem's hands. Everything's in Hashem's hand. hands. Allegorically, right? So everything is, is everything is a part of Hashem's existence, and it's all completely under Him. It's all His. So if you're saying Shema, then, that, then, then you're already taking care of that. <clears throat> if you're a Tamil Chacham, and therefore you're not going to be saying Shema, because you don't need to, because Rashi there explains, because Tamil Chacham is always reviewing his learning, and since he's reviewing his learning, so his Torah... <clears throat> will protect him at night. doesn't need to say Shema. But nonetheless, he still has to recognize, says the Gemara, that he's depositing his spirit with Hashem. But Okay, that's a practical question. So maybe, maybe it's not going to happen so often. But uh, let's say, uh, uh, once upon a time, there were, we had actual Tamil Chacham. Uh, Nowadays, it's, it's, uh, according to this question, <coughs> the Pasuk is Shema Yisrael Shem So much, much more appropriate. That is, that's, that's Shema. That is Shema. No, not, most people have to say three parking. No, 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 no. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a Why is it easier to say the other five? Easier, is, this is not economic. We say, well, hold on a second. If I say six words, Shema, I take care of everything. If I'm a Tamil Chacham, then I get to say four words. I'm only winning two words. What's the big, what's the big? No, it's a full pasuk. I thought it means the three parakim kriyshma versus one pasuk. 
Because it's a question of what you what do you need to accomplish before you go to sleep. By us, we, we're monkeys. We just we just utter words. The Rav Tzaddik talks about how to say the Shema. He says Rav Tzaddik says, you know, you know why by Shema in the morning, it's just unbelievable to even think that a person could say such a thing. Listen to what Rav Tzaddik says. In Tzitzit Kesatzad, says, <clears throat> says it's interesting, no? The Shema in the morning, how how long do we have to say the Shema in the morning, Alex? A long, long time. Okay. Until what time in the morning? Do you, you, hours. What? Three hours. Third hour. Three hours. Three hours for the Shema. Three hours from the sunrise. Three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Where's the, sh- the the Kriya Shema of of night time? How long do you have to say it? The whole night. Midaraisa. Midarabon, they made it until Chatzos, but it's still a long time. So as Rav said, you know why that is? Because during the daytime, when you see, when you see the sun, you see, you see the hand of Hashem bring everything to life. So he says, there, three hours is enough to be able to you think about it long enough you, to come to that realization. Three hours, you could do it. But by nighttime, there's dark, the forces of evil and destruction are out there. Says, maybe if you spend the entire night, you could come to such a re- to be able to recognize the oneness of Hashem. And night is more, much more difficult. So you could take a person so many hours. The Torah gives you gives you much more. So the point is, it's hard to say Krishma Uri. It's not, it's not about the it's not about the six words or the two paragraphs or three paragraphs for sure. You don't need to say, by the way. Is it, trying to get out of. He's not trying to get out of anything. Tamachom doesn't need to. He's living. He's Talmud Chacham lives. It's very easy to say the positive Shema. He's living it. No, no, no. he's holding by Divrei Torah. Whole different thing. Whole different thing to say Shema. Shema is very hard to say. Okay. Uh, but but the, but the point is, but he does need to say Kibiyach Avkiruchi. But the Maral is pointing out that a, a non-Talmud Chacham, like us, right? So has to say Kriya Shema Lamita, which is very, very hard, right? But when you do it, that's it. You say Shema, and you're done. You don't need to say Kibiyat Chavkir Ruchi. Because by saying Hashem is one, you've already, you've already said. You've already said it. So that it brings it back to uh, the answer that the Maral said earlier, <clears throat> is that that's how a person... A flesh and blood, a little guy like ourselves can be close to Hashem, can be similar to Hashem in the recognition of the oneness of Hashem and that, that really I'm a part of that. Okay, stop here.